you're talking about the same pay as the regionals, if not more in some cases, that inventory right. you're getting to fly. When Mike said big jet, he means a 767, a 737, um, depending on which company you go to, you want to do some long haul stuff, a triple seven, you could be yeah. a 22 year old guy flying a triple seven with 1500 hours. Hey, welcome to the Pro Pilot Playbook. I'm Mike Martin. And I'm Sean Ritchie. And we're here for our weekly podcast to give you the tips, tricks, and hacks to become an airline pilot faster and cheaper. Uh, in today's topic, you'll see our catchy title. Hopefully, YouTube didn't ban it, but it is Boxes Don't Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, it's a catchy title, but it's something that's been used in the industry that's uh, uh, that freight pilots say that uh, kind of jokingly talks about their preference to fly freight over passengers. And uh, we, we, you know, we really wanted to get into the nit and gritty on this, um, this episode because it is an option to skip the regionals. Okay. And you can skip the regional airlines and uh, uh, go right to flying, you know, a, a really large airplane um, for great pay. And it's certainly, certainly a definite career path for a lot of the viewers. And, and Sean here has, quite a bit of an experience doing this he he flew freight um so he's really qualified to talk on that so yeah tell us a little bit sean about your experience flying freight i did i did for uh it was about four and a half years and uh, across uh three different 135 operators um so but we're going to be mainly talking about the 121 airlines the 121 scheduled freight operators uh, now, these are not majors. There are major freight operators like FedEx and UPS, but those guys also have uh, some people out there that I guess you could call them competitors or sometimes they work uh, hand in hand there as a contract type of situation. But uh, yeah, I did it from the 135 aspect of it. So what would happen is, you know, one of the big airplanes flies into a city like Phoenix, Arizona in the 750, 767 or the uh, whatever they got going on. It's some t a lot of seven threes out there. And then there would be a whole air force of caravans and metro liners and these smaller airplanes a hub and spoke situation so it'd get unloaded from the big airplane sorted into all the little airplanes which would take off from phoenix and phoenix is just one example any major city this is happening every night while you sleep all these little airplanes go into the other little cities you know like uh you know from phoenix i did a run down to tucson in a caravan loaded with boxes and uh you know, there was an airplane full of UPS boxes that did what I did. There was an airplane full of FedEx box. I think that was a FedEx line I was running that night. But um, all these companies, ha you know, do this hub and spoke thing. And now that, of course, I did it 10 or 12 years ago, um, actually probably closer to 15 now. Um, you know, it's a little different world. Everybody, the Amazon thing isn't like it is now. Um, hmm. no. I mean, crap the amazon trucks at my house like two times a day sometimes more um <laughs> and oh yeah everybody's getting everything from amazon so the entire freight world has shifted a lot since i was involved back yeah to the, back to the title boxes don't bitch you know that that is kind of you know kind of an industry thing we always said that back then 
Um, it was a little thing we said, you know, because the airline guys, you know, you, you know, our world, Mike, you know, flying the private jets, it were you kind of compare us more to like a limo driver type of situation, right? Where, where the airlines are, you know, a big school bus full of snot nosed complaining people someday. <laughs> so, all trying to get to Florida for $29. <laughs> right. Hence, boxes don't bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we won't dwell on this because it's obsolete, but a big thing, and I did a little of this, I wrote along with some people when I was trying to build time, but a big thing, you know, 10, 15 years ago was, it sounds so stupid now, but this, uh, these canceled checks, right? So yeah. I guess something after the, after the check would clear, they'd have to physically move the paper very quickly to the city or something thing and yep. then and there was a huge industry of this I did, right i did that for a year and a half that was actually my after flight instruction my first real job i started off flying a cessna 210 and then moved into a baron and that was that was uh now that i'm thinking about it yeah that was like the year 2000 maybe okay Gotcha. Uh, or 99. So I said 15 years ago on the caravan thing. That's not accurate. This is 20 years ago, more than 20 years, 23 years ago. Anyway, yeah. So uh, back whenever this was pre cell phones, well, cell phones existed, but not smartphones. Not, mm -hmm. Nobody was paying their bills on their phone. And back then, people didn't even trust the internet. You know, they weren't really paying their bills on the internet. No. Yeah. I mean, there was probably some people, but I mean, most folks still wrote a check. And all these checks hit the bank and then they had to be flown to one of, I think there was like a dozen central bank locations in the country. And the one in our region here, Mike, next Cincinnati was Cleveland, Ohio. And Cleveland took care of all the banks in Kentucky and uh, Indiana and Ohio. And we would launch all these little Cessna 210s and Barons all over these cities uh, at right around 5 p.m. when the bank started closing, we'd pick up these huge bags of, filled with checks, these huge duffels, and load that airplane down to max gross weight and fly them up to Cleveland or wherever they were going um, to be processed. Now that's all gone. That entire industry's gone. But it's been replaced with other low-time pilot jobs like um, uh, mapping and uh, some other stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was quite a, quite a business. So I, I rode along on a couple of those check flights and went to the sort facilities and stuff. And it was a lot of fun in the middle of the night. I was in a Baron and, uh, you know, nobody bothers you, you know, it's quiet. Um, and, and, uh, you kind of, kind of do what you want. Now the rumor was back then that you had to pretty much had to fly in all weather conditions. Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, you, they they were the company was hard on you if you canceled a trip right <laughs> yeah there was no there was no not going this was five nights a week every day you went rain sleet snow whatever and the airplanes were i mean they were beaters uh um, yeah there was uh you know i remember flying through thunderstorms and having hail crack my hot plate on the windshield which was this little <laughs> piece of glass this big on the windshield that got hot when the rest of it froze over, you still had this much to look out of. I remember getting in hail one night that that thing cracked. Um, let's see what else. I uh, I hit a bird one night at 7,000 feet right on the seam of where the uh, windshield meets the airplane. And it busted the windshield and dented up the airframe. I mean, I don't know what a bird was doing that high, actually. It was, it was I don't know. It sounded like a, somebody fired a shotgun in the cabin. It was so loud. Wow. Uh, 
scared the crap out of me. Um, I've had to, I never lost an engine, but I had to, I've, I've shut down more than one engine on that Baron because uh, loss of oil pressure, something was overheating, something was making racket. Um, and back then, you know, being a young guy and having fun flying, it was more of a challenge, <laughs> more fun to go ahead and shut her down. And <laughs> yeah, you know, you got another story to tell, but um, there were oh, plenty man. of guys that plenty of guys that actually lost the an engine. Um, it was just a different world with uh, back then. The, 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 uh, the old joke was you guys didn't check the weather before you took off to see whether or not you could go. Right. You just checked it to see how tight to make your seatbelt. Right. <laughs> right. Well, actually my line, <laughs> yeah, some guys said that my line was, uh, you know, somebody said, what's the weather look like? And I'm like, I don't know. I, you didn't check the weather before you, I'm like, first of all, I'm going anyway. Second of all, you know, it's the same thing every night. I, at least let me have some surprise in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Challenge, challenge yourself somehow right. well we don't want to digress with those old stories so that's all gone but what people can do now is you know instead of going to a regional airline so you know eagle or or whatever sky west something like that um and flying a regional jet um with passengers they can actually bypass that um once they get their atp and go right into the 121 world and fly some really really big airplanes um um and 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 have the opportunity to fly freight um and it's a different path that but a lot of guys are doing it and there's a lot of advantages to going that route yeah i've been i've been wanting to make this episode for a while now because I I see the potential and the power in this move. Um, you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about the same pay as the regionals, if not more in some cases. That inventory right. you're getting to fly. When Mike said big jet, he means a seven sixty seven, a seven thirty seven. Um, depending on which company you go to, you want to do some long haul stuff. A triple seven, you could be yeah. a 22 year old guy flying a triple seven with 1500 hours or uh, what else they operate in uh, the seven four. They still got a few seven fours out there and same. Right. they're doing the same style mission as the triple. Um, but this is a real thing. It's basically flying the inventory of the majors of a legacy major under the pay scale of a regional. So we're going to get into a little bit of the pros and cons of flying for both a regional and, and doing this move. Um, right out of the bat, I want to mention that right, right out of the uh, gate here, I want to mention that um, there is one little caveat to, to doing this. If you're, if you are one of these guys that has to be home every night, this may not be the job for you. Right. Uh, if you're wanting to do, you know, you're not going to see, you're not going to want to have anything to do with that. The company's operating those triples and the seven fours. These guys are doing some long haul stuff and uh, you know, they're going to be gone for, I think their current schedules. I wrote it down. Uh, you're doing like 18 on 12 off. Uh, they're trying to, trying to make the quality of life a little better. And they're going to move that to a 16 on 14 off. Um, and, but yeah, basically like half the month you're gone. Right. Exactly. Most, most <laughs> and, guys, you wouldn't do more than 10 or 12 days, uh, out of the, out of the U S is what I'm hearing. 12 yes. might be the most you'd be out of the U S. 
but when when I say out of the U.S., I'm not talking about <laughs> going de- going up to Canada or something. You're on the other side of You're planet gone. Earth. Gone. Yeah, it, where where like on the moon, gone. <laughs> yeah, right. like your cell phone, even though you got the international plan, probably ain't going to work in that country. Um, you know that kind of stuff. It, it, this is a big, big, big you know uh, trip. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's you know, not gonna, I, if you're a newly married guy with a baby on the way or something like that, they, that may not be your jam. However, there are, you know, some of these 121 freight operators that are, they just have a fleet of seven threes and to keep up with all the Amazon demand, they are doing all domestic stuff. And these guys are working more schedules that would be like a regional of, of, you know, a two on one off you know, uh, four on, two off, you know, it just depends on what line you bid, what you can hold right. seniority. Um, and uh, one thing uh, that to get into some of the positives of that, I mean, well, there's one more negative of the freight world. And that is, it's all backside of the clock. Um, yeah. This, this is middle of the night things while we're all sleeping and while most folks are sleeping, uh, the freight of the uh, world is flying around over our heads. All them FedEx, UPS boxes, all those Amazon packages you ordered that day, they're all moving in the middle of the night with a whole Air Force and Army of trucks and Air Force airplanes all over the planet. Um, so you would be part of that. Uh, so there is... Yeah, yeah, and a lot, a, a lot of people don't... I have done some of that backside the clock flying and a lot of people don't realize, you know, how difficult it really is. You know, uh, a lot of people you know, they get up early once a year to go fishing or hunting or something, or, or, you know, they, they go out with their buddies and they close down the bar at 2am, go to bed at three and then sleep in. And they think that's kind of what it's like. But, but when you actually have to perform and fly all night long, um, it it can be very difficult. Um, especially, you know, a lot of these are long legs. So, you know, you may, you know, you take off, out of New York and you fly to, you know, deep into Europe or something at night, you're, you're, you're gonna, you're sitting still in an airplane for, you know, six hours or something like that when you're completely exhausted. And, you know, they say, well, you adjust your schedule and all that. Well, sort of, but well, you're there, you do, but, but when you're home, you know, you're not going to stay up all night and everything because your whole family and everybody else is on a normal schedule. So, you know, every month you got to readjust to all that. So there is a, is a price for that. And it's, it's not medically really that good for you to right. do your that. Circadian, circadian rhythm gets all goofed up. That's why I really, uh, you know, the, the little asterisks, the little caveat on all this is I, I've really always considered this a single man's, type of job you know so the guy doing the long haul stuff maybe he doesn't have to adjust back to his family schedule when he just becomes a day sleeper and a you know night walker (laughs) yeah a couple things i'll add to that though is is you know uh if you're going to fly international flights and be at a legacy airline like delta united or something like that you know you're going to deal with jet lag i mean um you know you can fly to europe during the day but you have a five hour or six hour time change, just like, you know, you go from New York to Hawaii, you're going to have, you know, huge, huge time differences. So you're going to deal with fatigue and all that um, uh, really with, with a, that job too. Um, and, you know, the, the, the pilots, the, these freight operators and, and uh, meaning 
I know guys at the big uh, the big ones, uh, FedEx, UPS, and and Atlas, and those places. But after you're there a while, there are some trips during the day, so um, they do move some stuff. I, I'd say maybe only twenty percent of that. But after you're there a while, you know you can do some day flying. So it's not all terrible. I don't mean to say, but it's definitely a factor in considering this career path for sure. Right. So those are some of the downsides of it. Right. Um, so we're comparing this to the regional airlines. You know, what are the regional airlines downsides? Well, you're flying a, uh, you know, we got the boxes don't bitch thing. Um, but you don't have all the backside of the clock stuff, but there's, there's something else that goes on with the regionals. The schedules are really tight. You know, like uh, you, these guys are flying six to eight legs a day in some cases, especially right. when they first get to the uh, to maximize the schedule. Of the, those little RJs are bouncing all over the place. Um, they're doing the shorter flights so they can get more of them in. Um, eight would probably be the extreme. I would say it's probably more like five, six legs a day, but that's that's the standard. Um mm -hmm. And then, you know, Sean, when you were doing that, you know, sometimes you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning anyway, right? Right. For yeah. There's a lot of early morning. When you, when you got that 6 a.m. departure, um, you know, the crew is, yeah, that's a 4 a.m. wake up. Right. And then if there's weather or something, you can be stuck out way past midnight too, right? On right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, the airlines, I'm sure we've all been on the airlines when every little <laughs> Every little bolt of lightning screws up the whole operation because some right. ramper can't be out on the, you know, whatever. It, they can't be outside because there's lightning. And what the airlines are way more susceptible to delays than like what Mike and I do in our world. One of the other, you know, downsides if we're comparing regionals to freight is the inventory. You know, you're flying one of these RJs. They're a lot of them are older. You know, man, that 50 seat RJ. You know, I was flying that thing back in, in 2005, and they're still out there. And, uh, you know, it's still the same gripes and complaints from the people in the back. You know, they got to pink tag all their luggage or, you know, uh, the little handbag won't even fit into the overhead. Uh, right. So there's all that to deal with. And the just the, the amount of legs, the quality of life. Uh, they both have their their negatives, you know, whether it's backside of the clock or working your butt off. Oh, the schedule of the regionals. That's something else I wanted to mention, um, you know, to maximize everything, especially with the pilot shortage. These guys are, you know, their schedules aren't aren't that much better. Their lines to choose from, especially on the lower end of the of the seniority. Uh, line of what trips you get to pick from every month. You know, mm -hmm. these guys could be doing five on two off, six on, one off, you know, that stuff exists. Now, if you're doing the six on, one off type of thing, which that's that's pretty extreme, most of them have at least guaranteed eight hard days off a month. But, you know, it might be like you do that for two weeks and then you, they give you a lighter load. But those really long ones, it, it's usually just one or two legs that day. You're not doing six legs in that day. So mm -hmm. there, is some yeah. give and take. there is some give and take in the schedule. Well, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I got you. Uh, let's talk about some of the pros, you know, yeah. the, the good things about each one. All right, so both both of these things, these 121 carriers, and uh, actually, let's get into real quick here. 
I pulled up a list. Just so you guys following along at home want to check out some of these things. If you're getting close to your 1,500 hours and think this might be something you'd be interested in, um, here's a list of the name. If you can go to, actually, this is a great resource for all of you. I use this. It's it's free, and there is a lot of valuable information on here for free for whatever you're looking at, whether you're looking at full uh, the regionals or the cargo or even NetJets type stuff. Um, AirlinePilotCentral.com, just all spelled yes. out, AirlinePilotCentral.com, and I'm under the cargo tab right now. Some of these things listed aren't technically 121 carriers. I see like Key Lime Air on here. I know they're oh, 135. Yeah. Mountain Air Cargo, that's a 135 company. But, um, you know, and so we got 21 Air. That's a huge 121 uh, contractor, does Amazon stuff. Amerijet, Atlas. Atlas is a huge one. They're the guys operating all those triple sevens and the seven fours. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got Coletta. Coletta is huge. They've been around forever and they're getting so big. Not only do they have Coletta Air, which operates some of their, their bigger stuff in the seven threes, but they also have Coletta Air Charters 2 actually like II too, like Roman numeral. They created a separate company and that is, uh, I believe, all 737s. I have a buddy over there as a Czech airman. Um, and we got, uh, let's see, what's another big one? ABEX, ABX Air. They're huge. They're right here in Ohio, yep. right down the road from Mike and I in Wilmington. That's yep. their, uh, their training base and maintenance base. Uh, and they, they do all the Amazon you know, contract stuff as well. Right. Uh, let's see who else we got on this list. That might be about it. There might be some other ones on here. I don't recognize. There are some smaller operators. There's like over at CVG right next to Mike and I is one of Amazon's uh, main sort facilities. And there's a whole bunch of these operators over there that you're just getting in the game and they got like two, seven threes, you know, right. Two, Two or three seven thirty sevens, and that's their whole game. But uh, you get over there in that world, and you start learning all the ins and outs of it. Uh, it's pretty one, fascinating. One thing that I thought was interesting looking at that list is the fleet size of FedEx versus UPS. I thought that they were kind of similar in size. Nope, but not at FedEx all. is way larger. I yeah, mean, way more airplanes. FedEx yeah. has almost double the airplanes UPS has. Now, however, UPS has way more trucks than FedEx. Yeah, everybody thinks UPS is the largest freight operator. And they may be when you take all the trucks into account. But yeah, probably as, parcel volume. Yeah, as far as airplanes go, yeah. FedEx is massive in the aviation world compared to UPS. Yeah, which is one right. reason why the upgrade time at UPS is really long. Okay, gotcha. Of course, with everybody retiring right now, which is – you know, huge contributor to the pilot shortage that may be changing a little bit, but that's always been the case. UPS's fleet is small. But anyway, so those are some of the things to check out. Uh, all right, so pros. What are the good things, you know, about this uh, freight world? Well, they both the regionals and this 121 freight world pay about the same. You're going to be looking at starting about $90,000 a year, you know, whether you go regional or you do this freight thing. Um they both pay for your ATP CTP, which is required to get your ATP. 
And right. uh, I haven't heard about this in the freight world. Some of the airlines, some of the some of the regionals are paying. If you were one of the guys that went ahead and got your ATP on your own, they will give you a bonus. They'll throw you like five grand when you first start because just as it whatever, because they had to pay for everybody else they hired to go get their ATP CTP. So they throw you five yeah. grand if you already got it. Um, both, all of them, you're going to get at least 10 hard days off a month. Um, you, you're, those 10 hard days you're going to know in advance and you can make appointments to get your teeth cleaned or something like that. Right. Um, those are pretty much set. Um, the, uh, the main difference between, uh, I would say the regionals and the freight world is, is going to be the inventory. So the whole goal of this pilot thing, if you're going 121, you're going airlines, is to get to a legacy major. Legacy majors, United, American, Delta, FedEx, UPS. Those are the original majors. Some people argue Southwest is a major. I've never considered them a major. Textbook, technically, yes, they are a major. Only because that is based on uh, gross revenue per year. But right. They're not a major in my brain, nor do they pay like a legacy major. And, you know, I mean, the quickest, easiest example we can solve the argument right now is, can you go to southwest.com and book a flight to Europe? No. <laughs> they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. A, uh, they're a, you know, domestic travel. Now they're doing very successful. They're very sought after. The people that work there uh, as love a pilot it, yeah. job. Right. Yeah, they're very it's solid. very good, and you can make a lot of money there too. People, yeah. people love them, but the, you're not going to make that legacy money. You're not getting the four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year working there. Um, but they're still a great company. Uh, yeah. Anyway, th this this little hack that we're presenting to you, skipping the regionals to go fly for these these one twenty one, these lower end one twenty one freight operators. You're already in the equipment that the legacy majors want to see you fly in. And if you don't see yourself flying one of those little 50, 70, 90 seat RJs around five, six legs a day wearing yourself out, you know, maybe it's an option to go fly one of the big jets and wear yourself out in a different way by working on the backside of the clock. Totally. But, um, I, like I said, have been wanting to do this podcast for a while, Mike. I think this is great information. Um, yeah. Something that probably, because by the time that you're about to get your CFI, as soon as your name ends up on some list as you have any commercial pilot's license, and some of you out there listening to this probably already experienced it, you're going to be getting all kinds of emails. You're going to be getting those postcards in the mail from GoJet and, and uh, you know all these regional companies. Right. And wanting you to come work for them. Hey, we got, we'll give you this. Envoy, Endeavor. Envoy, Endeavor. Yeah, all those all those companies, you're going to be blown up and inundated with this. And uh, I think this is a great option for someone who absolutely refuses to do that or is thinking about doing the corporate world. I mean, this is another thing. If, you're, if your dream is to work for a Procter & Gamble or a Pepsi-Cola or, a, or a, you know, whatever, one of these uh, fly the Under Armour jet, you know, one of these major corporate operators, this would be a great way to get out there and get yourself some experience 
flying around the world. That's the other thing. You're going to be able to see places that the RJ international experience. Yeah. Yeah. Good international experience the right way. That's going to look really good to a flight department like Procter and Gamble or a, a big international flight department. You know, if you've been flying all over the world, you right. see a lot, you know, absolutely. And those global departments uh, are definitely going to like that for sure. Right. This is, it's just a great substitute for, for, uh, yeah. You know, in, in the, here, the, let's not think of, let's not forget this. So if you want to, you know, everybody's saying their career goal is to work for Delta United, whatever, but, uh, FedEx and UPS is a nice logical transition from uh, from this type of job, and you know they're they're going to hire you, and you're you're doing the same job essentially, and that's only if FedEx or UPS you'll be making four hundred grand a year to five hundred yes. grand a year in the last right. Actually, the There's, highest the highest paid major on planet Earth is UPS. Yeah. I mean they're yeah. at they're they're at four hundred and sixty grand a year or something, you know, at, at year twelve. Did you see that article? They're ground drivers. Uh oh I yeah, they just raised some yeah. new contract. They're making crazy money. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, you know, th this could be a gateway to that, and those are real deal jobs. I mean, and a right. lot of people do it. And and there's guys, I know guys at FedEx, uh, I know several pilots there that would not trade for for an airline job. They would they love right. it. You know, so you know, uh it's 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 an opportunity for you to do either or and uh you know it gives you more international time. It gives you more credibility on your resume and uh it's bigger airplanes. So from a from a resume standpoint, I would say, you know, if I got all these uh, hours in a regional jet versus hours in a large Boeing product and I'm flying a regional jet just, at, you know, around the eastern seaboard versus a guy flying a, you know, a Boeing all over the globe, you're going to look a lot better on a resume. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And these are jobs you can get. And it, just as easily as the regional job. I mean, I just right. got off the phone before we hit record on this podcast. I called a buddy of mine that the one I just mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, yeah. Czech Airman for Coletta. And right. he was telling me that some of these operators, they're hire, hiring foreign guys that English, like legitimately their English is their second language. They're bringing yeah. them over here. They're paying for all their, processing to become an employee in the United States so they can get them out there on the line because they are hurting just as bad as the regionals. And uh, we just had a guy at the company I fly for uh, leave. He's 22 years old and he is sitting in in-doc class right now at ABEX. So they are taking Man. him up just as, just as quickly as the regionals. And there's one thing I need to mention. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot to mention this, Mike. And yeah. this yeah. is a huge one. If I didn't say this, we'd be getting comments like asking this question. This is the main, <laughs> a ma major con, I guess. You know, you could say pros cons. This would be a con. Doing this move, there there is no uh, flow through. There's no flow through to a major. Like if you yeah. went to one of these regional carriers that's in cahoots with the American United Delta, you know, you stick, you know, around a couple years, five years, you get an interview or something. Yeah. 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 Actually, one of them is guaranteeing two years. And if you're there longer than two years for every month, you're there, you get the highest captain pay on the pay scale until they can get you over there. Their whole point is if you're not moving in two years is because something's jammed up up the line 
and we're going to take care of you till we get you over there. But right. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually happening. Now there are other companies that that's not necessarily the case. Um, there's a, I've been hearing a lot of negative chatter out there on the flow through stuff here recently. And I think right. that's why um, that company started doing that. Uh, but anyway, it, this is a major opportunity for folks that, you know, wanted to make you aware of. On Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Let, let us know your comments on all of this. Um, you know, if you guys really like this video, um, pound the like button, obviously subscribe. And uh, if you do like it, we will look at getting some freight uh, pilots on the podcast to kind of talk more about the day-to-day -day stuff and what it is like to really do the job. So we yeah. got a lot of great things, a lot of great ideas. Sean and I were just talking off camera to to really help build the channel. So we just really appreciate your support. If you could uh, pound the like button and, and subscribe, that really helps us out. And check out our website, too, at ProPilotPlaybook.com. There's some free stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're so grateful you guys are uh, come on here and listen to us. And, and actually, it, I don't know, just makes us feel good that we're – we're actually helping people read yeah, yeah. And your comments and your email, your comments and your emails coming in, uh, yeah, talking yeah. about how we we've, we've influenced you to try this or do that, or you know what, you guys are whatever. I don't know that. I think that's like fifty percent of why I'm still sitting here. You know, yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing we we're going to ask is if uh, if somebody's watching the video that has a story that they think would be beneficial to share to to right. our audience, absolutely reach out. You know, that's how we found Chris Fisher, which that video was a great success. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, if if you've if you've started on your training and and you you, you have some information you like to share or, or or you've gotten your first 121 flying job or something you like to talk about it uh, certainly reach out to us we'd love to have you on the show yeah yeah all right guys thank you and we'll see you next week thanks a lot